season one of Written in Stone, the 1990s is supported by Tension Climbing, wooden training tools designed with purpose in Denver, Colorado. Use the code STONE, that's S-T-O-N-E, to get 10% off of your next purchase at tensionclimbing.com and to let them know that their support for this show matters. Not valid for tension board sets, hardware, or gift cards. Cannot be combined with other offers. Tensionclimbing.com. Mastery over success. Written in Stone is co-created by Power Company Climbing. Products, training plans, and education to help you become a better climber. PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Use the code STONE, that's S-T-O-N-E, for 20% off of almost everything. Learn. Grow. Excel. Legend says that it's the most beautiful, best crag in the known universe. And I can tell you from experience that as you crest the sandstone slabs on the approach and the tiger-striped wall bursts into view, its glowing orange walls simultaneously beckoning and intimidating, you'll have no doubt that the legend is absolutely true. And the first place your eyes will settle is directly in the center of the wall. The obvious black streaks just snaking their way to the ground, tempting your climber's brain to wonder if it's possible. You wouldn't be the first to wonder. Surely the indigenous people who first congregated here considered it. And in 1988, when Malcolm Matheson and Steve Monks climbed the famous 29, or 8A, or 13B, depending on which numerical climber language you speak, they must have stared a few meters across the wall to those daunting black streaks, wondering. When Rich Heap bolted a line connecting the giant Wacos and water grooves up the left edge of the black streak, establishing an anchor two-thirds of the way up, there's no possible way he couldn't have pondered what the climbing above that point might look like. And then in 2002, Zach for Trees added a few bolts above Heap's existing route. Fewer bolts than most of us would have added, just ask Dave Graham, and connected it into the upper streak. At the time, he was pretty sure it would go, but for seven years, the route, which would be the hardest route on the best wall on the continent, maybe in the world, would resist the efforts of all of Australia's strongest climbers. That is, until March 2009, when Ben Cossey, who had previously fallen near the top to join the list of those turned away, returned to the Taipan Wall. Stronger, better, ready. On the morning of his second day, shrouded in fog, he started up Rich Heap's classic 28, Groovy. At the top of the pitch, he takes a brief token rest because, let's be honest, if you're continuing up the extension, Groovy just isn't going to be that hard for you. A huge pounce move and a hard sequence on small edges leads him up and across into the black streak, where he does stop to rest for a while, knowing that the next section gets real. Really real. He leaves the rest into a tic-tac-y sequence of sloping pinches and crimps, angling across the black streak, and with the rope arcing loosely to a bolt far below, lunges laterally for a small end cut. He latches it and is rewarded with another rest where he can stare down the finish. And then he's in it, 
sucked tight to the wall, his knot constantly threatening to push him just that little bit too much backwards. Small crimp after small crimp, he's getting more pumped and louder, his power screams echoing across the Grampians. And as he clips the chains of the first 33 on the wall, Groove Train, a candidate for the best route on the planet, he says what everyone is thinking. Fuck, I'm the fucking best. Ben Kasi, welcome to Written in Stone. Man, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> that was good. You've done your research. Took me a moment to realize you're not talking about the Frank in your ass. I was like, Sandstone? <laughs> Sandstone? <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I'm psyched. Uh, yeah. Before we get stuck in here, though, I have a question for you. Mm. I was just recently climbing in Utah with Lee Kujis, another oh, yeah. Blue Mountains frother. And he's who suggested I talk to you for this episode. And the way yeah. he described it, you're obsessed with Wolfgang and Action Direct. Ah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say obsessed. <laughs> Does anyone who's obsessed say obsessed though? No, no. It's it's. Um, I don't think so. I think it's more a descriptor of the person from someone um, outside. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say obsessed. I'm just. Um, I've got a healthy, um, an absolutely healthy, not obsession. Male, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you're, you're at least a frother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Froth dog. Yeah, total froth dog. <laughs> so what I want to know is, do you have a pair of those red and white striped Lycra tights? Oh, I don't. I don't. I held back on those because um, Wolfgangs <laughs> didn't have the black knee bar reinforcements. So I'm waiting for an mm. authentic. <laughs> nah, but I don't. I don't. <laughs> if you did, would you ever take them off? Uh, well, only to put my like unsoiled ones on so I could wash the soiled ones. Yeah. <laughs> Just have them all in your closet, yeah. a line of stripes like that. Yeah, I, I, I will. I'll get some. I wouldn't mind some of those last Sportiva um, climbing on the moon ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd be good as well. Yeah. Do you think you have the most family members of anyone who has done punks in the gym? One, two. Oh, I'm sure there's some other brothers that have done it. You've also got Andrea, so. Oh, oh of course. Yeah, and we'll have Max some, at some point. Max someday oh, yeah, will so. do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, I think we're on top for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <laughs> where, where I want to start this is you've done some routes that are heavily steeped in history. You seem to like gravitate towards those a little bit. The first solo of Gaia. Yeah. uh, You did a direct start to Parthian shot. And of course the first ascent of groove train Mm. in 2012, you nearly did action direct. Can you tell me a little bit about going there and attempting Mm. it and how close you were? Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess um, I had been there in 2006 just on like, in Australia, it was a thing like to save up all your money and, and go to the other side of the world and spend all your money on a long, long haul trip. Um, so I did one of those and I got on Action Direct then. I did, the, I did most of the moves. I didn't do all the moves. But then I, I lived in England for a little while, then came back to Australia. Went again in 2009 and I went well, 
but I just wasn't strong enough. And then 2012 went back for nine weeks. I committed a lot of time. And wow. in the end, it was like way too much time because the start of the trip was super hot. And then towards the end of the trip was just Baltically cold. So um, from a maintenance of strength point of view, it was just way too long. But um, mm-hmm. but the, the second second day after doing all the moves, I got my high point. It was a bit baffling um, because then I didn't get back there. Oh, uh, so no. I, I fell off going to the top, oh, to the top mono, or just the intermediate just before, and then I was just kind of resetting to go to the mono, and it just kind of dry fired off. But um, but yeah, so um, going there, it's it's a bit of it's a long way to go for one trip, and there's a lot of things at play. Obviously, the training and making sure that you're physically capable. Going there and only trying that route, your skin has to be in proper condition. So, like, we don't have pockets over here. So, you, like, even the sides of your fingers, you know, just they get mm-hmm. like totally murdered. And then, um, and then also, just our last trip, I remember psychologically it was a real challenge because I had gotten that high point. Then, for the first jump move, I was hitting three fingers, and and that shot, I've got pretty big fingers, but it just boom straight in, like. And it was just a beautiful thing. I was like, oh, this is this is action direct, baby. And then I struggled <laughs> to hit it three fingers again. So then I went back to two fingers and I just like totally eviscerated the side of my uh, middle finger. And then, yeah, it's just the little nuances that make up a red point just started to fall away you know, <laughs> towards mm. the end. But it, it was sweet. Like I, I don't know how many days I spent on it a lot, but uh, I, I still have it dialed in my mind. I still think about it every day. I need to go back. <laughs> you do need to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did the how did the like we're not gonna call it an obsession? Mm. Um how did the froth for Wolfgang and Action Direct start? Well, way back, even before I started climbing, um, my brother climbed and my mm. uncle climbed a little bit. And so there was just this, um, this is in the late 90s, um, there was like Garth Miller, there was this guy called HB, and then um, and then this like guy that like Wolfgang Gulich, action director. I just remember those words like existing in my, um, my field before I even climbed. And then when I went to Rapley's for the first time, and obviously Raps is where um, Punks in the Gym is, where the first 32 in the world was that Wolfgang did, I got um, the Wolfgang book and it was like 80 mm-hmm. bucks from the mountain shop. And I I was 15, so I, I didn't have much money. I was um and about it the whole trip and I was going to buy a 510 cap or the Wolfgang book because the 510 cap was quite expensive. But, um, but then I was like, oh, I'll get the Wolfgang <laughs> book. And I remember opening up this double-page spread of Wolfgang on the top last move of Action Direct. And initially, embarrassingly, I thought this was, I thought it was Miraxon. I thought, oh, that's Miraxon. Do you know Miraxon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember Miraxon. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I thought, <laughs> oh, it looks like Miraxon. Um, but <laughs> Miraxon's arms are bigger, I think. Yeah, well, that's why I thought, I thought oh, she's pretty jacked in this pit, but this is Wolfgang's biography, <laughs> so why is she here on Action Direct? But anyway, but that that picture just was like, boom, there you go. And, um, and it kind of put a face and a context of the route mm. to the little things that had been in my field anyway. And then at the time I had only had one repeat by Alex Adler and then soon I think maybe it was that trip that I was down. Oh, no, it was, it was 
the next year that Dave Graham did it, um, mm. yeah, and I was just I was just psyched. Ikapu, the footage of Ikapu coming out on that whatever that video is, I can't remember. I had that on VHS and I watched that bit by itself over <laughs> yep. and over. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the long and short of it. It's just um, that's where the obsession will will be real. We'll call it what it is. Um, started. <laughs> yeah, well, good choice buying the book instead oh, of that. I know, I know. <laughs> I have a great story about that book. I yeah. bought it uh, at a climbing gym I worked at uh, way back when, and then within like a week, I loaned it to a kid who climbed at the gym because he wanted to do a book report for oh, yeah. it for school he yeah, was like yeah. a you know a junior high school student or something yeah and and then he moved to texas and he took the book with him <sighs> and i and just recently when i was starting to write this action direct episode mm-hmm. i jokingly put a message on my instagram stories that said if anybody has this book because john purrs stole mine back in you know 1997 or whatever and he messaged me immediately with a photo of the book and was like, I still have it. I'm mailing it to you. <laughs> Good man. Oh, he got himself. I, I would track him down. I'd book a ticket to Texas just for you. <laughs> Your Wolfgang book henchman. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, he lent it. Why did he lend it? I lent mine I know. with strict conditions because I, I lent it once and it took ages to get it back. I was like, dude, you have mm-hmm. to give that back to me. Because they they don't come cheap and they're kind of hard. Well, they were hard to get for a while. So they're hard to get now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I hadn't considered this before prepping for this chat. Mm. But when Wolfie was in Oz and when he did Punks in the Gym, mm. it was still a few years before Serpentine went up on Taipan. So do you yeah. think Wolfgang even knew that that amazing wall was just down the road? I don't know. You can see you can see Taipan um, in the afternoon from Punks in the gym, uh, yeah. or from the top of Punks, and certainly from a raps. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the what the deal was there. I imagine it was less. Well, there was climbing in the Grampians. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have been climbs on Taipan. I guess it just would have been in the boonies, though. Probably, maybe, maybe. I, I have to imagine him like at the top of Punks in the gym, looking over and just being like. I wonder if there's anything there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. Um, I would like to think so. Well, man, let's let's dig into Action Direct a little bit. There's there's so much interesting about this route. Like it's still mm-hmm. held up as you know a pinnacle of sport climbing, even though yeah. it's now a full number grade below yeah. the top levels. Yeah. Um, I've never climbed on the route. I've never mm-hmm. been to the Frankenjura. I would love to go someday it's i i hear it's somewhat similar to the climbing we have around here at wild iris oh oh, it would be for sure it's yeah yeah but we've seen so much of like wolfgang campusing on you know one pad monos on that campus board um in the campus center yeah exactly exactly okay. <laughs> i love that you've got the the wolfgang mono campus <laughs> t-shirt on it, right it's now. it's it's um hyper pixelated because i took a photo of a photo um but it's, <laughs> it, it does the job doesn't it <laughs> but you're not obsessed this is not an obsession. <laughs> i'm not upset but i did go for print for front and back oh, i love it man i love choose. it um 
so that is not a necessary thing for this route. Oh, I don't know. Like I think um, for maybe back in the day and what his skills were and where he was at with his training and he was obviously pretty psyched on the campus board. Like if you read um, Jerry Moffat's biography, like Jerry Moffat's mm-hmm. frothing. I was like, just reading it last night. Ah, oh, the power and the glory. I think it's power and the glory or I'm not sure what chapter it is. It's one of those ones. But um, mm-hmm. where he's, it looks like he's just like, shit, the campus board is like a business, like for getting strong. And I imagine Wolfgang pretty quickly um, put two and two together. Ah, if I campus and I'm climbing in the Jura, it, they go hand in hand. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, like um, I think, and, and I don't know technically what Wolfgang was like um, and the shoes and such. So I imagine, and, and definitely like the last trip, if it taught me anything, if I come back overpowered um, like for it, it will be easier. So yeah, yeah, if you if you could have that kind of strength, which I don't know, like that's a that's a shallow mono that Wolfgang's campsing on, and it's and it's not cradling your lip the lip of the um your finger at all with a lip mm-hmm. like a pocket would. Yeah, you know, if you can get that strength, you you not home and hosed, but um you're going pretty well on the way to doing action direct. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it might be necessary, that's... not necessary. <laughs> That's a that's a smart approach, actually. And maybe that's one of the reasons that it's sort of held our attention for so long is it's mm. this like pure representation of what power looks like. Yeah. And and the the story of Wolfgang um training to do it is mm-hmm. is it's almost like anyone doing this now, you'd be like, fucking hell. Like even Alex Magos has some footage of him camping on monos, but they'll they're pretty they're catchy on the second joint and and mm-hmm. I'm sure he's like oh he's obviously really strong but you know it's just that kind of stuff that just adds to the aura yeah the mystique <laughs> the wolfgang yeah. mystique yeah there's there's also the like sex symbol mane though that he has flowing while he's climbing that has yeah. to add a little I think it must, especially like it, it borders on a mullet. It treads a fine line between a mullet and a and a mane. He kind of looks a bit like Bodie from Point Break, but he looks like also a um, yeah. I don't know a farmer from Goshenstein. <laughs> and he looks like a, I don't know he could fit in the rugby league over here at the moment. Everyone's got um, a mullet going on. So yeah, it's it's all the rage now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Whose mustache was better, yours or Wolfie's? Yeah, no, Wolfie's was better, and, and Wolfie's <laughs> was probably. I, I think I think um, I put mascara on mine because <laughs> it wasn't dark enough. I can grow a mustache now, though. I can grow a mustache now, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Mine was mine was uh, mine was done in the uh, makeup booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that. That's funny. What's yeah, the I like talk that. talk me through what the like setting is there. Uh, in all the photos I've seen it sort of looks like this magical forest with these little steep bulges everywhere. And I'm curious if that's really how it feels. Yeah, no no, the like you're talking about the Frankenure, yeah. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no. Um no it is and I think action direct is particularly awesome because you can't see see it until you come up and around this little 
curve and or if, if you access it the normal way. But you can't mm-hmm. and actually if you access access it both ways, from the left or the right, you're you don't know you're there until it's like boom over the top of you. Mm. If you come in from its uh, its right, um, then it's really hanging over you. It's it's really pretty impressive, like big belly of a whale kind of. You could reach out and cuddle it kind of thing. Um, but if you come from the normal uh, side from from its left, so yeah, stage left, and you get that real you get a real sense of how steep it is and how steep it is at the start that jump um, at the first jump and uh, just rides like the bow of a uh, prawning kind of ship. It's just like, now prawning ships are kind of a bit more like that. So yeah, it's a big, big, beautiful bulge basically. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah, do you, no, do you park cool. near it? Yeah. You only park like five minutes down the hill. So there's, there's in the Frankenure, it's like a, a rabbit warren of little roads, you know, trickling through the forests and everything. And then, you, again, you don't know you're at the crag until, you know, you're 10 metres from it and it comes out through the trees. Unless it's like um, winter, then you can see a lot more. But certainly right. um, in in autumn when the everything's just glowing like orange and yellow, uh, yeah, there's little else in the world that's better than you know, getting to the top of that little hill and checking it out. Yeah, it's good. Stuff. Oh man, sounds sounds it's, like magic. It's proper gingerbread country, country town, or you know, countryside. Mm. I should say. Yeah, it's good. I had I had been told by a local, uh, Hannes Hook, um, who I was getting some pronunciations from to try mm. and make sure I didn't fuck up the whole episode by oh, pronouncing yeah. everything wrong. Oh yeah. Um, he told me that he heard from Jerry Moffat that Wolfgang would just roll up, get out of his car, and go jump straight on the route. He wouldn't warm up at all. Had you yeah. heard this before? I, I no, but I, on your introduction, um, he said without even a warm up. Yeah, something about it tweaked a little memory, but I don't know where it's from. But I know apparently Marcus Bock doesn't really warm up that much either. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I don't know what that's about because, fuck, crikey, I, uh, in the I need to warm up. There. I reckon, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a nasty one without a warm-up for sure. But maybe, yeah. maybe he had a secret warm-up canvas board at home before coming, mm, <laughs> coming that, to the crag. That could be just make a stop by the, the campus center before he yeah, comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I, I, right. I can't say something about that sounds familiar, but I can't say if it's whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's true. It's Wolfgang as if he, as if he needed to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a warm up. Yeah, well, this he, he's just getting stretched out here. <laughs> Limbered up. <laughs> can, we, can we speculate a little? Like Definitely. We're going to speculate. If he hadn't died on the autobahn, mm. what ha- what happens? I don't know. I always just because he had just gotten married. I always imagined him um, having little kidly winks and and living in Untertrubach or Obertrubach and finding some more projects and probably going on more mountain trips, traveling more. He seemed like a bit of a yeah, he liked traveling, and mm-hmm. I can't imagine he would have done any more comps. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't seem to care for those. No. No, yeah. And it, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know if he would have stumbled on a project that would have kind of taken what he had strength-wise and even, like, pushed pushed his capacities more. I would like to think so. I'm not sure what line it would be, though. Yeah. yeah, I've heard I, I've heard Ben Moon talk about having a conversation with him mm. uh, shortly before he died when Ben was trying Action Direct mm. uh, before he injured himself, and yeah. and Wolfgang had expressed his interest in going over to do Hubble. Hubble, yeah. So I think that would have been an interesting yeah. a comparison point to have back yeah. then. Right? Yeah, I think um, in the biography it says that it says maybe I have a chance, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm sure he would have smashed it, though. Yeah, I have to think so. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did love that about, like, all the interviews I read and all the things I watched. He seemed so humble. Mm. Um, even though the myth was so big. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, you can't watch a video of him or you can't read an interview without recognizing, oh, this is Wolfgang. Yeah, like, yeah, He's this yeah. huge character. Yeah, yeah. Um. But, but then with, the humility trying just to be, out. yeah, exactly. It doesn't, and I think I don't know. You get at least in the biography a sense that when it was right for him to put absolutely one hundred and twenty five percent effort in, then he would. And when he needed mm-hmm. to hang back and do something else or chill a bit, he would. And then let that kind of psych build up, like you know, between Canal and Ruckin and Punks and Wall Street, and like he's still doing mm-hmm. tons of climbing, but. You know, it's, it seemed like he wasn't always pushing on a hard, hard project all the time. It was like it had to be special. And, yeah, but when it came along, he put the hammer down. Yeah. Do you think there's a, in that respect, do you mm. think there's an analog between him and, you know, who would go on to climb the the first of the next grade, which was Sharma? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess to a degree, because Sharma, at least back in the like early two thousands, would not not he and I don't know him, but just from what I see in the media, would would come and then sort of recede a little bit and then come in these waves that were, as it turned out, ever increasing. It's like <laughs> super compensation over the years. But yeah, like he obviously he climbed a lot and very very consistently he couldn't. Not for that, but there was that kind of the push and then it came back, push and then it came back. Yeah, as opposed to, say, mm-hmm. Dave Graham, which is like ah! everything all at once, nonstop, forever, you know. <laughs> Does it make sense? That was a good impression. Yeah. yeah. Ah! <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> no. Do you think mm. if, if Wolfie had lived mm. – and then Malcolm Matheson comes and does Serpentine, which yeah. sort of brings Taipan into yeah. the view of everybody. Do you think he goes there? And if he does, does he bolt and do Groove Train before you? I can't help but think yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before the turn of the um, the nineties, for sure, he would have. Uh, you get the impression that he liked. Um, uh, the vibe at a raps and places like Camp Four and Mount Arachles mm-hmm. was kind of not dissimilar to that. Um, 
yeah, no doubt. He, he probably would have done it left to right, Taipan, boom, 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 and Hollow Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, but I reckon, I, I reckon there would have been some things popping up in the late 80s and early 90s that would have, um, you know, tweaked his interest and prompted another trip back for sure. I was reading Jerry Moffat's book again. Oh, yeah. And in the book, he talks about going and on-siding or flashing Serpentine. Mm. Yeah. And that was in 92. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the same trip where he did punks. Yeah, it would have been, yep. So my like speculation is Wolfgang comes with Jerry on that trip. Yeah. If he's still alive. Yeah. And and then he climbs on the Taipan wall. Yep. And on-site serpentine and then Jerry flashes it. Or does it second go. (laughs) And he sees... Groovy and Groove Train over there, untouched yet, and is like, hmm, maybe that's where I need to be climbing. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. I reckon you'd have to put a big sheet up. So nothing to see here, anyone. <laughs> Do not come here. <laughs> I'm getting changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, there's a debate now mm. as to, um, you know. Hubble has been sort of retroactively upgraded to 9A. Mm. Um, at the same time, you know, the grades all shifted around there. Like Liquid Amber got upgraded to 8C+, mm. and uh, Hubble got upgraded to 9A, which would make it the first 9A in the world if that mm. were the case. Mm. Um, at the same time, Wolfgang didn't grade Action Direct. 9a he sort mm. of gave it this slash grade on the german scale yeah, yeah so we you know all collectively turned it into the first 9a in the world yeah and now there's a, a little bit of a a fun debate uh, amongst <laughs> people about which was first but i'm curious your thoughts on that does it even matter yeah like i, I think i think um oh yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I I know that when Ale, um Adam Andre went to and tried Hubble, I think that seemed to be the the thing that instigated yeah. the change. And he said, "Oh, if this mm-hmm. was done these days, it would be probably considered nine A." And I, I, it seemed like they it was jumped on. I was like, oh, oh, fucking Adam Andre, get in. Let's give it 9A. Um, but yeah. then then Alex came and he he annihilated it in like two hours or less and, and thought, oh, no, 8C plus seems appropriate. And I know that um, there's a, an old article that Ben Moon wrote in a climbing magazine where he's chastising grades of roots in France and being so like, no, nah, Hubble is 8C plus. Whether you up you, you grade um, Le Bronx and Super Platform AC Plus or anything, Hubble is way harder, and this is the standard by which those should be judged. So he was pretty hardcore mm. with that in um, the mid nineties. So I always thought, oh well, and if, if that was in line with the grades leading up to when Hubble got done, I think AC Plus, like from a historical point of view, it's like oh, just leave it at that. And and then I think of action directors, oh well. It was the first route given 9A and consensus 9A because, like, people like Clem Loscott and uh, uh, Alexander Huber and all these guys, they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Chris Sharma couldn't do it. Um, yeah. 
And I think it was the actual first route given 9A and consensus 9A. So it cannot be the first if it was the first given. Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, that's yeah, how I, I think, think of it. Yeah. And, and, and fully retrospectively, and I think Hubble is, is, is rad in its way, even though, you know, there's some highway underpasses that look more inspiring. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I just think of it as, oh, the um, Action Direct was the first, so it, it can't, can't be the second. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I even sort of feel like. Perspective. Yeah. I sort of feel like the, like the audacity to call something a grade means a lot as yeah, well. Yeah. So, so that he gave it that slash grade sort of shows us his humility. Like, yeah, he's not. I don't not, know if it gets that full grade or not. Yeah. But then we were all like, "No, this is it." Yeah, yeah. And and that sort of zeitgeist of this being the first allows so much more to happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and it's still, it's not. Again, like it, it was given that nine A grade. It was by by the consensus of some top top climbers that couldn't do it yeah and uh and yet it, it's still it's still up there it's not like oh yeah you just go and do action direct while you're in the frank and you're it's like fucking hell it's like big news 32 years later dang like f- for longer than wolfgang was alive it's been whew, epic yeah yeah and epic, i that's crazy. one of the arguments like held up for hubble being harder mm-hmm. is that Fewer people have repeated Hubble, but there's also fewer people trying to repeat Hubble, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not an argument, I don't think, um, because that's like saying, oh, I've got a three Michelin star chicken parmigiana and I have one that I dropped in a puddle um, that is actually quite shit and frozen. Which one do you want? Oh, more people take the Michelin star parmigiana, obviously. It doesn't make this one more rare or, or anything else. It just makes. <laughs> you know, I today I was I was writing the Hubble episode, and I was thinking, I wonder if you know Magos's like unwillingness to say Hubble was before and is the same grade was just mm. because of his relationship to uh, the Frankenjura and to yeah, and yeah, yeah. Direct. But then I went back and watched all the videos of pretty much everybody doing Hubble that there's yeah. a video of and Magos doing it. Yeah. And Magos looks quite casual. Yeah. He he is crushing yeah. it, like locking in every yeah. move where everybody else is lunging and struggling. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think Hubble is is super accessible, but obviously, you know. No, no one goes to England to climb, so it's a, they're all English climbers, so they're a little bit biased anyway. But um, <laughs> I promise they would hold my tongue. No, um, so, so much for holding your tongue. Yeah, no, no, but um, <laughs> it is a cool route. It is it like I, I to be fair though, I was in, impressed with how little it was. Um, Did you ever get on it? N- no, actually, I think I've got they they have rebolted Hubble, and um, I think one of the original bolts. Like I, or I think I've got one of them. I picked one up from underneath Hubble anyway, so I've got that in my oh, really? museum of rust. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, and I, I kind of, I think at the time I'd finished my European trip and I, I wasn't feeling very strong, and I was kind of focusing on grit climbing. Really, 
I don't want to, yeah, I do regret all sorts of things in my life and definitely not getting on Hubble is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I, I wish I had have gotten on it. And because I didn't actually, I bolded at Raven's Tour a bit, but I think, I think, I think I was a bit surprised with how it looked. Like Action Direct or, you know, lots of other routes, they draw you in, whereas Hubble kind of, I don't want to say did the opposite, but it didn't have that kind of allure. Um, yeah, and maybe that's one of the things that makes those brick climbers so strong is that, <sighs> you know, they have to look past a lot yeah. of that oh, yeah. um, for their really yeah. hard routes. And I think that's it. Like, it's just a different thing to what, you know, a lot of people are used to. And, you know, really, like Hubble, Hubble is like vert to roof, vert to roof. And, and yeah, maybe it's pretty rad. So, yeah, I, I wish I had gotten on it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, I think I think it's very cool the the interactions there between like uh Hubble and Action Direct and yeah. uh Moon and Gulich and Jibe Tribu and yeah, all the yeah. other characters that yeah. were pushing standards and pushing each other yeah. in that era. So yeah. so I can't take anything away from Ben Moon and Hubble at all. No, 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 fully. It's but just... certainly Action Direct is more inspiring. Yeah, I um I remember Steve McClure said when he did Hubble because it wasn't his really his style even though he's really good on crims but um he's like oh it's not it's not about the grade like it could be eight B plus or it could be nine B like I don't know if he said exactly those that but he said it's it's more than that because it's it's Hubble and it's like action direct it's it's action direct like if you do action direct you're not doing it because you just want another nine A on the tick list. And you're not getting on Hubble because you think, oh, I'll just bosh out this easy 8C+. plus. It's like, no, I want to do Hubble because it's Hubble. And same with Wall Street and same with punks. And I, I, if, if it was me, I'd just think, oh, the, 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 it was graded like that at the time. It, it works to keep it like that. Sure, stuff is drifting around later on, but I guess it's, uh, yeah. It's it's okay for history to be history, and yeah, yeah, I I agree, and and you're right. The draw is way more than the grade. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I was in a raps, we were there for a day, and yeah. I I went and got on punks because yeah. I had to go. Yeah, get on you punks, have to get you know? on it, man. Exactly. Yeah, you have to. How can you not? Yeah, and people who um uh don't climb that grade will go and stand underneath it and touch it. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's like that kind of route. You don't do that with many routes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things for me when I was when I was researching it and something you pointed out when you heard the episode mm. was that he might not have done that sequence that I'm laying out yeah, in the episode, yeah. which is kind of the sequence everyone does now. Yeah. And Okay. I'm going to break in here for just a second. Um, I could make this just sound seamless and you would never know, but I want to let you know. Um, I actually talked with Ben twice. And the first time we get into the sequence of Action Direct a little bit, but I didn't think I had done my homework quite well enough uh, to really have a great conversation with Ben about the sequence. So I went away. I did my homework and then I messaged Ben to see if we could talk again and really deep dive into the sequence of Action Direct. And I think that this 
next uh, 40 minutes or so, which sounds like a lot when we're just talking about a sequence, is really fascinating. And if you're a climbing super nerd, it's going to be extra fascinating. But even for the folks who have this idea that hard climbs can only be done one way or there are just enough holds, this conversation might be really enlightening. Okay, um, while we're on this break, don't forget, use those codes from the sponsors. That's how they know that you appreciate uh, them supporting this podcast, and that means we might get support for another season. So go use those. All right, let's get back to it. I've been like watching all the videos. I think I've watched every Action Direct video that's out there uh, in the last few days. And I think I have a pretty decent handle on the sequence. Mm -hmm. So what if we do it like this? Because, Because I think this sequence is really, it's a point of interest for a lot of people. Like I can't tell you another single route on the planet that I can tell you how many moves it is if I haven't been on it before. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But, but lots of people know Action Direct is, you know, uh, Melissa Lenev calls it 18 moves. A lot of people say 16 moves is the standard. Mm-hmm. But we know it's in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what a single other route is, you know, that I haven't climbed myself. Are we counting the slab? No, I'm over checking. well that's i get that's an interesting thing too i assume the count stops at the the jug you hit up top and not the actual top out yeah yeah i'm pretty sure that's that's the where the the count starts having the mono in in or the the jump pocket in your left hand this hand's not on and then it ends with that right hand hold i would i would say but that said you hit that match it and go up to a, a jug from there. But yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that, that's, that's what I suspect is considered yeah. the root. Melissa might go one uh, 17, 18. Yeah, in fact, I think yeah. she pairs up. Um, she mm. like hits the top right hand, the next left hand pairs up and then goes left hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But so so let's run it like this. Let's yeah. I will I will try to like break down the moves and the sections and the like options you have at each section. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you tell me is there something I'm missing number 1? Mm. And number 2, I want to know from you what those holds actually feel like and what those yeah. moves actually feel like. No worries. And this podcast, I can't imagine, will be to well, well, I imagine it will be to a lot of people's taste. Do not get me wrong, but it's definitely very specific, <laughs> isn't it? I don't think my it's mom's very specific. To this one. <laughs> no, no, they're going to skip right over this part <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I several years ago there was a a meeting of all the people, not all the people, but most of the people who had done Action Direct at that time, hmm. and on stage and there used to be apparently a video of them all talking but i think that's gone off the internet oh okay yeah Um, yeah i couldn't find it Um, i didn't know anything went off the internet i know i know i (laughs) I need to figure out how to get on the wayback machine and find that thing yeah yeah but but at the time they said 
Alexander Adler was the only one who had repeated Wolfgang's original sequence. Mm. What I'm what I'm really curious about is do we even really know what Wolfgang's sequence is, or are we just mm. piecing it all together from photos? Because I don't think there's a video of him, right? No, I, I don't think so. I think the most accurate thing to Wolfgang's sequence, this is what I would assume anyway, would be um, Thomas Ballenberger's uh, photos of him. Yeah, that's what that's how I have come up with Wolfgang's sequence. But um, but when I've been on it. Um, the bottom section kind of makes sense, but the top section kind of blows my little mind a little bit based off the pictures. And I wonder if there's like maybe some ham pictures or something. I don't know if he was into hamming it up, but I don't think he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, I, I'm yeah. curious. But yeah, let, yeah. let's jump into the moves uh, quite Sweet literally, yeah. actually. We're, yeah, we're yeah. starting Literally. in the mono or at the top of yep. the slab. You get a no hands. Yep. You reach up to the mono. Yeah. And this is the famous move. You yeah. you jump from here to what appears to be a pretty decent two yeah. or three finger if you can get all three in. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's kind of slightly Gaston, is that right? Yeah, it probably is pretty very Gaston. Yeah. Okay. It's like probably okay. at about 45 degrees. So you're coming from way underneath. I'm sorry, I was just looking for the pages on the um, in the mag. Um you, you have this funny little undercling you reach back to the under, uh, the mono rather or I, I will take it and Melissa does it the same way I'm pretty sure where I, I crimp my index finger and just wrap my like jam my thick thumb on uh, sorry my index on top and wrap the thumb and there's a little bit of scriddle for the other fingers next to it but yeah that's where you realize whoa this thing is steep your feet are yeah. underneath you and you look back and it's definitely more than 45 degrees there, but then it quickly becomes 45 degrees once you're actually whoosh, out. But, um, but yeah, it's a long way. And because, because it's um, that way, hitting it as a Gaston, getting the three fingers in is quite hard. So it is, it is a jug, but it really mauls the side. Like after quite a few shots, if you don't stick it, um, you really maul the side of your finger there. But it is a jug. It's, you know, you can go really balls deep like on that. And, and like you said, like if you can hit it accurately, you can get three fingers in there beautifully. But <clears throat> I found that quite hard to repeat that, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and at that point, like once you stick that, yeah. some people reach out left and grab an intermediate yeah. that they they then adjust the three fingers into the pocket. Yeah, exactly. So you'll see a lot of people Or they move stick their feet around. Yeah, some some people don't use it, but um, some people will, will cut. They'll really kind of feather off the mono, like they don't really use it much. Once you get that, you kick your feet onto some pretty okay but polished footholds and re-grip to a three, or like you said, go out to that thing, and that's a juggy little, um, like or almost a digit three finger chisel pocket. Oh, is it? It's like this okay. little smiley face, um. And yeah, that's the photo that I've I've got of Wolfgang holding that. Yeah. Um, and that's where most people will regrip the two finger into the three finger before shifting across and crossing onto the next two finger pocket. Yeah. So yeah, yep. the, the, the jump mono. Oh God, it's a real mono. Like it's it doesn't hold the side of your fingers like say a beastmaker uh, mono does. Yeah. And it's bang on a joint. So I I, I find that really like like. It's it's uncomfortable. It's really pretty angular. It's like a piece of like twenty mil um, 
not round bar, but square steel. Like if you yeah. imagine just monoing on a, a quite a sharpish edge, quite tight radius. But wow, yeah, that's what they, hence I crimp it. But yeah, I've got to tape tape my index finger so it doesn't split the joint as well on that one. Yeah, and like you said, Melissa sort of crimp pinches it. Yeah, and you can, yeah you can get your thumb up on it. I think that uh, Rustam Gelmanov also oh. holds it that way. Like you can just see it for a second, but it looks like he's he's definitely pinching. He's got his thumb around it. Yeah, yeah, he must, he must, and it looks like he's crimping. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about the thumb, the thumb block. Yeah, yeah, and he's a crimp monster, so I, I assume that's how he did it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, for this move, mm. have you seen the the Rich Simpson? Yeah. Video? The footage, yeah, on Obsession, yeah. He's talking about going left hand in the mono and then right hand into another mono and left hand into the thing that everyone is Gastoning. Yeah. So he, I remember when he kind of did it, he was like, oh, I've done, I did it Wolfgang's way. And and definitely off, off that juggy pocket, he does it a similar way. He goes up off the pocket to something that people go in there. Gaston with their left hand, but he takes it as a sideboard right hand. Um, but yeah, that mono that he uses is is less than a digit mm. on that steep section of wall, so it's it's really poor. But it is there, and it's even um even looks like there's might be a little bit of chalk on it in the photos of Wolfgang. But I'm not sure. Maybe he used it as a foothold, or um or it's that kind of rock. It's kind of grey and white anyway. But but yeah, it's 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 not a good hold that Wolf um, that Richard's using in that video. Like he certainly was strong enough to do that route, but apparently he didn't do it. It's crazy, but because that, yeah, that's that, hard. That's a crazy, ridiculous sequence to do it, and he sticks it. Yeah, that's what I three. thought. Mm. That's what yeah. I thought. And one thing I thought was really funny about Rich Simpson's video while we're talking about him is mm. that there's more continuous footage of Marcus Bach climbing on it and failing than there is of rich simpson climbing on it yeah yeah i know i don't um who's the welsh guy who made that movie um i can't remember his name i can't remember but yeah i don't think i don't think rich did it that trip because i think it was in summer or was it quite hot yeah, still did it, and did it he, air then quotes came, yeah did it um <laughs> did it the next trip or whatever it was <laughs> yeah yeah okay no, so no, but that, that's a savage move so yeah i forgot about Richard's sequence there yeah but that's that's yeah. the that into um like him be doing it Wolfgang's way. But then the photo that I have of Wolfgang, he obviously jumps to the jump pocket, grabs that smile, <clears throat> goes out to the two finger pocket that Richard ends up using as an intermediate, and then must drop into that because I've done the moves Wolfgang's theoretical way that I've based off Thomas Ballenberger's photos, and they they totally work, but they're just not as it's definitely not as pleasant and um and not as easy. <laughs> Got it. So, yeah. so right here, where most people do a big cross, they've got the yep. right hand Gaston, two or three fingers. Yep. They do this big cross with their left hand to what appears yep. to be a good two finger pocket. Ah, uh, big cross. It, it's a it's bang on one joint kind of two finger pocket. So yeah, it's pretty good, okay. but it's but it's steep and the foot is a a slick and small. Um, you got to be precise on your toes. So it's not got it's it. not like um. A super jug but it's it's probably like the beast maker thing like you know if you yeah. can hold that comfortably you know you'll hold this hold comfortably on action yeah, yeah yeah and 
that move, like watching that move, mm. it can be one of the like really stylish looking moves on the route. I really it's like beautiful. watching like like when Dai Koyamata does it. Oh, it looks super stylish. Yeah. Um, I love watching the people who who just like drop a hand and sort of windmill their arm all the way across yeah. their body to to make this cross. It looks so cool. Yeah, no, no, it, it's a, um, it's one of those ones. Yeah, you can really hang out of your bones. It's probably the only move, really, on the route where you can actually kind of just get some slack in the system and kind of yeah. chill for a second. A lot of people will chalk up or euro blow or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like. And yeah. here's where you think Wolfgang's sequence differs a little bit, yeah. right? Uh, this based off Ballenberger's photos, I reckon Wolfgang has that goes out to there goes to the two finger pocket and drops in and then then we get to that photo that oh. I sent you um this drops morning. in left hand to what what you gassed on from the jump yeah you know, yeah Got so it. yeah yeah is if you is wolfgang with his right hand in the jump pocket the left hand on yep. that intermediate slotlet there's a photo yep. online somewhere on the internet where he's moving to that two finger pocket 100% i've seen that photo and then you get to the the photo where he is um he's obviously here he's obviously sticking the jump pocket the swing yep yep and and then i've got another photo there that's funky uh and then moving up like richard simpson is to the right left gaston pocket but he, instead he's using his right hand so that's my theory based off those photos is that wolfgang jumps intermediate boom drop in twist in Euro blow, obviously, no, <laughs> and then up to the two finger pocket, <laughs> and then gets the glued edge with the left hand. I assume and clips there. Yeah, so yeah. let's 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 move ahead to that edge. So there's kind of a series of two fingers right here that people use different ways. Yeah, um, there's a few little intermediates and things as well. Yeah, and when you come to this glued edge that's out left, yeah. Um, it seems like there's two options here. Some people go, they go left hand into what looks like a fiddly little, little two finger or something. And then they go straight up to a mono and some people go straight left to the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if we, sorry, backtrack to the jump pocket, cross to the, the two finger and then yep. people will cross over. There's a little intermediate, little scriddle two finger step thing. And then you go again, two finger. Then the left Gaston. Most people get that left Gaston. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the same. This is how Alex Adler did it. Um, whereas Wolfgang seemingly gets that one in his left hand. Right. He will go to that or a, a quite a thin little intermediate and tag in to the two finger, then up to the, the glued edge. That's how um, Adam Ondra will do it. And a lot of people will go up to a, a pretty juggy but tight mono. And that's the classic yeah. kind of mono clip. And Wolfgang, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, there's a photo. Is there a photo? No, no, no. There's not a photo of Wolfgang on that that I've seen. I'm sure Thomas has one, but yeah, yeah. And like you said, most people seem to clip off that mono, whether they go to the left hand yeah. edge first or they go to the mono first. Yeah, they um, either clip off the edge or the mono. And I think Adler gets two fingers, maybe. That's why you, I think you a tight two finger you, like i remember thinking oh it's two fingers alex gets two fingers in it but when i was on it's like man i'm not getting two fingers in that thing 
Like it's yeah, tight. I think uh, Eker is that his name? Yeah, Eker. I'm Eker, pretty sure he does a mono. He does a mono, but then he stacks his oh, index okay, on yeah. top does of it. the mono. Yeah, um, yeah. Doesn't go in the pocket, but he stacks it on top of there. Oh, yeah, that's funky, hey? Yeah, funky little trick. And that that edge out left, the, the mm. glued edge, mm. that looks terrible. Yeah. A lot of people make that section look quite hard. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa clips off that edge. Yeah. And looks really casual. Yeah, I know. The thing that I the thing that I suspect is hard here is the the foot. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people are choosing between a toe hook and a heel hook while mm-hmm. holding that edge. Yeah. And then you go right hand, you come out of the mono, right hand to what looks like a three finger side pull, pinchy sort of thing. It's pinch, yeah. Almost everybody uses a heel or a toe way out right. Yeah. Um, Alex Adler, however, just like squares up and goes straight up. Yeah, to he, he does it like um, Adam Ondra. And, yeah, and I think Adam Ondra did does the same thing. Back three in it as well. Some people just, it sort of cradles your back three nicely, that pinch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember um you just reminded me in two thousand because a lot of people do that toe hook. I think almost everyone who used that little funny little tooth out right, um, up until Jan Hoya did it with the heel. And in two thousand nine, I completely forgot about this, but um he and I were trying it and we we're trying to figure out that move and it was really desperate because neither of us could do the toe hook. Um and then one day I tried the heel. And I could I could seriously chalk up on that, mm. and it was almost to the point where I was giving up. And he was walking off. He was in bit, a bit of a huff that day, but um, <laughs> but yeah. And then the heel, it was like oh, non move with with the heel for me. It was a non move, and I think that's what some people who could get the toe hook to work on that spike um, uh, found as well. Like you could just like Ikapu, yeah, just chill out and reach, but. Man, Alex uh, Adler and Adam Ondra just make it look like whew, a debacle. To yeah, they just go straight it. up. Yeah, Adam Ondra looks like such a mess when he's climbing that route. He just like no concern at all for looking smooth or no. looking like he's climbing well. He just he just crushes it. I know. It's, and if you imagine Adam <laughs> climbed it like that, I wonder how Dave Graham made it look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been rad to have footage of Dave on it, I reckon. I know. I wish that existed. Yeah, yeah. Um, the heel slash toe hook out there on that little spike is really fascinating to me because, like you said, once you found the heel, you could just chill on it. Yeah. If you watch, like, Dai Koyamata on it, he gets the toe hook and just yeah. he looks like he could take a nap there. Yeah, yeah. He, and he's a toe hook. Uh, he looks now. so relaxed. But then um, Buster Martin, who I've had on the podcast to talk about Hubble, um, who's also climbed Action Direct, in the video of him, he has a really hard time making the heel work. He tries oh. a bunch of different shoes. He can't make the heel work. And even oh, right. when he sends, the heel blows out mid-move, but he holds the swing and kicks his foot back on and continues. Oh. Yeah, right. I haven't so. seen the footage of Buster doing it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I should check it out. But, yeah, no, it's it's interesting, isn't it? What works for some people, like in my head, I would 
never consider any other foothold. Like my, it just right. works. Right, me. right. And it's like toe hook. My, my toe hook's like, it's like my tibialis anterior is like made of butter. Like it just doesn't <laughs> work. It's weird. Yeah. And then, and then you get these crazy people, which I assume Wolfgang is one of them, who just plow into the, um, yeah. the pinch. Cause in the Wolfgang book, it says like intense pinch moves or something like that. Um, yeah. Or marginal yeah, I, pinch I, moves. I suspect he does that straight up version yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- no. I think that's fascinating. And I think it's a great lesson for people that, like, just because a move feels impossible to you doesn't mean there's not a way you're, you just haven't tried that makes it really easy. You have to figure it out. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and, and a lot of those times, you know, you can sense that there's something there that will work for you. It's just, I just need to figure it out. Like, yeah. There's enough features and options here that yeah. uh, that something is going to work. I just haven't like put the puzzle pieces together yet. Exactly, exactly. Um, incidentally, I was just going to say um, that's the spot where um, the original Milan Sakura line comes in. So oh, when you're hanging, is it? hanging off the bolt, you can see the the chopped bolts off to the right. They're chopped and bent back into the wall, hammered into the oh, wall. Are they? Just a few little pockets there. Um, so you can see his original line coming from Teddy Vampe, um, and why Action Direct's called Action Direct. Like it's just yeah. kind of plows straight up there. But yeah, it's cool. Got it. Yeah, I wondered where it came into, and that's really interesting to know. It's, seemingly at the mono, you'd have, I think there was some tight three finger pockets, and you'd cross into the mono and then out to that glued edge, and you'd be in. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everyone kind of ends up with their right hand in that that pinch yeah i don't think anyone has not and from here there's some really interesting things that happen here Mm. you can either go left straight left or sort of straight left or directly up on some pockets yeah what dai koyamata does is he he reaches straight left and gets a really high left foot and does this series of bumps yeah that that when he does it looks ridiculously hard and cool. Like he's locking off below his waist. Yeah. And bumping up. You, so you can do these, the series of bumps that mm. ends with your left hand in a mono. Yeah. Or you can go straight up basically on what look like a, a few two finger pockets. They don't look great though. These moves look kind of hard for people. Yeah. I think, I think um, if you go straight up, that's what, maybe allows Alex Adler to kind of hang low on the back three pinch because it's a shorter move and you're kind of crossing over your body. Yeah. And I think yeah. Wolfgang goes to this hold like this, I think with front two though, because this this pocket is almost like a little V slot. You kind of, I, I end up holding it, doing it the die way. So I end up hooking it in this little V slot and it's much better in the corner. And you'll see, um, I think, Ikapu actually jacks it up into a half crimp to cross over the top mm-hmm. to the next two finger pocket, and that that's pretty poverty stricken. That one, that's probably two thirds of a joint maximum, but but quite tight. And you'll see some people crimping that one. Um, it's pretty thin, and th- this is where the Wolfgang. We'll get back onto Wolfgang sequence because this is where my mind turns to mush. So the straight up variation, like they're going up these pockets, they end up a s- slightly above the mono out left and they sort of reach down to it 
and then drop their right hand down into that little pocket that you're sort of twisting your fingers and, into. Yeah, and now it's like a side pull and you can reach out to that final yeah. jump edge. Yeah. So here, I wondered if you knew this. I suspected you did, and I should have just known it. But watching Adler, I was a little blown away at this spot because mm. he crosses into the mono. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He goes like that, doesn't he? Yeah, he crosses under. Yeah. Into that mono. So he's got his yeah. right hand in the mono, which seems yeah. maybe that move is just really hard to do. Mm. But it seems really smart because then you don't have to make the huge lateral move to the left where Melissa kept falling. Yeah, I could imagine the unwind off that mono would mm. oh cuz cuz he he does he goes like that doesn't he yep he really transfers his weight yeah i i forgot about that him doing it that way um yeah ikapu goes boom boom drops down drops in does the, sh- yep. the tic tac um yeah interesting i forgot about that larose that's a cool man that would be a good photo opportunity <laughs> I know, I know. And the video of Adler is so dark there that I had to like I had to rewind like six times. Like, am I am I seeing this correctly? Is he crossing where I think he's crossing? Because because that's that's where the wolf the top Wolfgang sequence, if if anyone has a Wolfgang book, you'll know in the Wolf uh, the action direct chapter, there's a photo of him right hand in that mono, like Alex, but his left arm is under his right arm. It's not over so he hasn't the rose seemingly and this is my theory is that he's gone up there maybe and crossed over or, or done some sort of cross over to the mono which oh boy it's like not easy <laughs> I, I would love a photo of on my wall of wolfgang doing that move just because it's like this kind of mystery mystery sequence but i'm glad you remind me of alex because it does you know if alex did it that way you could imagine someone who could like do like 50 moves on one, four campus drop downs like Wolfgang could. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Could just kind of roll over. Yeah, baby, I'm on the <laughs> outro jugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed like once I saw it, I was like, wow, that's pretty smart. It gets rid of that that big lateral move. Keeps him tight to the wall. He would have the footers to uh-huh. do it with that edge. Uh, and the other like there's little lumps, like little lumps that you can stand on out there. It, would, it does make sense. I could just imagine um, that unwind being pretty savage, or definitely, definitely in my head harder than the sequence I do it with, which is the the die away under cling, little intermediate again to the mono. Got it, got it. And then you bump your right hand into that little um, sort of twisty pocket. And then straight left out to what looks like a mostly down-pulling three-finger edge. Yeah, Wolfgang has it like as a, a three-finger half crimp, but you can get four fingers on it and your thumb. Um, so you oh, can really it. like maim it if you need to. And once you once you get out to it, the footholds are good. It's less less steep. The mono is right in front of your face. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. I think that's funny. I actually have written here that the mono seems to be right in your face when you're in the middle of that move. 
right in front of it. Yeah, but it's it's not dissimilar when you're doing the drop. Like I've I've been up there on link, and when you're looking at the mono, it's like maybe two inches away from that really slopey right. intermediate. But it's just like like it's not not yeah. easy to hit. And it's, you could just imagine if your forearm's a bit corked, like unwinding mm-hmm. it, <laughs> and coming off. Some of the Polish guys I've seen on it get two fingers, and I think Melissa might even do the same thing, get two fingers in that pocket um, coming off the pinch, but then later mm-hmm. on just get it as a mono. But that's not um, it's not hard, uh, not, not easy to get two fingers in that. Yeah, you'd have to be very tensioned up and precise at that point. Yeah, and, and they seem to be happy enough with a two, uh, sorry, a half-digit front two-finger pocket than a mono, like a, a pretty mm. positive, but rattly kind of one joint mono. It's, it's crazy. What what again? What people are strong at, like the heel sequence. It's like the heel works for some people, obviously not for others. Some people choose like a horrendous two finger tight two finger bird beak instead of like a pretty positive one joint mono. But yeah, yeah, and I think at this level too. Um, you know, you often hear people say something similar to like, there were just enough holds for it to go, that kind of thing. But I think this this route, even though it's at a relatively high level, proves that there's very often a lot more holds than necessary to make it go because some yeah, people yeah. are using different sequences and different holds. And, yeah. you know, there's there's ways for people of a lot of sizes to make it work. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, it definitely seems to be. Yeah, yeah. Because a, yeah. a lot of people, well, there's been people like, say, Adam Postelnik, the Polish guy. Uh-huh. Who's, I've never met him, but apparently he's quite little. Um, and he's done it. He's done that first jump and managed. He, he used the heel hook um, in the middle section and he managed mm-hmm. to get up. But I'm not sure how he did the top section. I think he did it. I'd have to watch the video. Again. I can't. Yeah. I can't remember how he did the top. No, I think he did cross and over and down. Did the Ica sequence, but yeah. And then there's other people who've done it. Taller people. I don't know who the tallest person would be to have done it, but probably about six foot or so. Yeah. Yeah, and one thing I want to know when you're making that move out left, the big left span to yeah. the the good edge. Can't does it have like a the side of a pocket at all? There's no like side pull on it. It's just down pulling. Uh it's 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 not like um sideless. Yeah, there is there is some element of compression happening when you get that okay. and you're on that pocket. Um, there is an element of you hit it and it and it kind of catches you a little bit. It's not Got it's it. not like hitting something purely horizontal where you have to be like you know, down pulling from a side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not too much like that. It's like it's pretty catchy. And then God, once that, you, I was you, imagining you it high. as straight down pulling and mm. just imagining how hard that would be tired. Yeah, to, no, to you get can kind of stand out and pull straight down. Yeah, you can be flamed and I think still hit that. Um yeah. Got it. And that finish move, I think I heard somewhere that Eker fell at this finish move like 30 times. Yeah, Is that right? yeah, that rings a bell. I think he did fall. I think a lot of people have fallen off that a bit. I think um, I could imagine some people just kind of 
you know, having it dialed or just getting lucky or whatever and just sticking it, um, you know, within mm-hmm. a few, few shots, like depending on how hard they find the bit around the pinch because I think that's the, the red point crux off the pinch and that, that section. And then once you're on that edge and that mono, it's not home and hosed, but it's um, it's definitely it's in the bag at some point in the future, you know. <laughs> you just need to keep tying yeah. in. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so I, I forgot about Icab falling off there that many times. He was the third ascent as well, so he's still breaking ground, I think. Right, probably. right. Yeah. So once you hit the edge way out left, um, yeah. then you bump your right hand into the mono. Yep. Sorry. And yep. left hand goes up to something. What does that left hand hold? That This is an asterisk. I think Wolfgang doesn't go to that. Um, I'm not sure what Alex does. You've watched the video more recently than me. But a lot of people will keep their feet there, bone up on this one. This one's way better. I couldn't make that sequence work for myself. Like It was just kind of like uh, it it just felt a little bit wrist cocky and like you, yeah, it just felt way easier just to be like, oh, boom. And because this is side pull, you can get your thumb on it. You can just hoik up to the – it's not a jug, but it's like like a a two – a joint and a half kind of in-cut rounded finger jug. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's kind of hard to hit. It looks like it's got like a little like a little brow over it. Like it's a little slot in there that's hard yeah. to hit. It's the it's the bottom of like a little flakelet and it peters off into an edge. So if you wanted to, you could hit a an edge here, but you'd have to be probably over over gunned to be using that. It's like still good. Um, there's an old picture of Richard going for it. I'm not sure if he actually he didn't send it, like, but you know, you was using that edge. But yeah, you can yeah. hit it, and it's pretty positive. You just need to go with a bit of height to just kind of, you know, you just wrap your fingers in right. It's not it's not accuracy dependent, but it's it is, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like something where you have to hit it with tension. You have yeah, you'd have to hit it with tension, and I could imagine someone having a bit of a heartbreaker moment if they hit it with a boof, real straight arm because it's side pulley like that. If you hit it with a straight arm, you could imagine the fingers coming out of it and, you know, down the drain pipe. But, um, yeah, yeah. And then conveniently your body kind of does this little move and then you've got a foothold there. So you can kind of a, a tight little helicopter cut like Die does. He goes, what, and there's a little greasy smear. And then you can match and go to the jug, the proper jug. Yeah, that's actually one of the most impressive moments for me in the in Melissa's send mm. is that she she keeps that foot. She's fully extended. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? On her tiptoe. And yeah. the way she does it is she comes in right hand into the mono, goes up left to something else. And then she does this really, it's, it's really quite elegant and uh, several people do it. It's like a a pogo or a moon kick. Mm. Um, Ironically, it's a a moon kick at the top of action direct. (laughs) And, and, uh, and she does it with no hesitation, just, just flows into the move really well. But then when she sticks that high right hand, she's on her tiptoe and she keeps that foot and you can see it in her face that she's fighting you know yeah that's one of the most impressive moments of that video for me yeah 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 it's a it's a cool move because you know that 
when when it's a send, like you know that that person is is feeling pretty good right there. You know, it's like the one with yeah. watching die when he sticks it. Um, yeah, yeah, you oh, you get a good vibe from that. I think he's starting to cry already when he yeah. when he sticks that hold. He he's immediately like tears coming. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really oh. cool to watch. Yeah, is yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, just think about that, and I'll, I'll yeah, you kind of get yourself to that point. <laughs> yeah, good, totally. Good, good feeling. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, is there anything I'm missing? No, I think we covered it all. Like, other than the fact that it's it's like quite a a, a funny little bulbous crag, and like when people stick that jug, you know, that just get this rock over and get to mantle over this really mossy little like ledge and the anchors are there and yeah it's all pretty cool yeah i think cool. that's very cool and actually uh i did this route i can't even remember what the route was it was a trad route first ascent mm. in the red river gorge you oh, know okay. eons ago um but because i had already seen the footage of die yeah doing action direct when I topped out this thing in the red, it was a really similar situation, um, like laid out similar. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I immediately yeah. like flashed to the the die footage of him topping out up there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Melissa has a great moment up on top as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's, yeah, it's I a think full that, value to top out. Right? Be able to top out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, it's good that the anchors just aren't at that kind of juggy <laughs> juggy thing you catch. Yeah. Uh, it's good it's classic classic frank and you're a kind of forest pagoda you know yeah it's all savagery until you get to the top yeah (laughs) that's cool who do you think looks the best doing it out of all the videos you've watched who looks the best Uh, um i remember the footage when jan did it jan hoya um he looked pretty good. He looked pretty cruisy, but it was like a mobile phone footage, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, like I would say I like how Die climbs it, and I liked, um, I just love the fact that Melissa did it as well. Yeah. They're probably my, my yeah. top two outside of Wolfgang. Um, but, yeah, the footage we have available, like that would be my top two, like go-to watches for motivation on it, yeah. Those are mine too. I yeah. I'm really impressed by Melissa doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And watching die watching die climb anything his his style yeah. is just so good. Um Yeah. It's really fun to watch him. So. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Like climbs fast and precise. He pulls in tight when he needs to. He's like backs off and slackens up when he needs to. Uh, yeah. Somehow his toe hooks stick far better than mine ever had. Like <laughs> he looks like he was born with like five extra tibialis anteriors, and <laughs> I'm definitely deficient. <laughs> he got uh, all of what yeah. you didn't get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, he is a good style. That if I try and like work on technique or whatever, he will be one that I try and practice. Or that kind of Japanese kind of like real tight like when they when he cuts and a lot of japanese yeah. are similar they um when they cut they stay tight and ball up yeah i love that it's just all like kung fu film sound effects that you're making right now <laughs> yeah exactly like fully i can imagine like bruce lee doing the same thing but i know um 
a few guys. Oh, yeah, like it's just that cool style. Like they're they're fast yeah, really and bouncy is. and and like they recruit hard. Yeah, and that it's the yeah. opposite of what I feel comes naturally for me, which is like lopey and oh yeah i'm cool i'm chilling out here whereas i i, <laughs> I need to kind of cultivate that kind of <laughs> yeah totally. drunken master i'll tell you style. drunken master exactly <laughs> i could see you being a drunken master i could see that yeah yeah, sweet. yeah. i was watching it the other day for about fifth time i love it bigger so <laughs> yeah well man i'll tell you what the one of the things that surprised me going through all the videos was seeing the footage of Marcus Bach and Rich Simpson's mm -hmm. video because I, I'd forgotten it was in there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a pretty big chunk of Marcus yeah. Bach trying it. And I his style is dramatically different than Die, mm -hmm. but I really like it. It's more like a it's more thuggy. It's more mm -hmm you know, more like all arms and yeah. just really cool to watch. Not as like frantic as Ondra, but he's doing the no. same sequences as Ondra. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. It's not as really frantic cool. as Ondra, but yeah. Because he, he does the same thing, pounce to the pinch. And that all that footage, that's like the first jump and then he falls off dropping in, doesn't he? Off the yeah. mono, dropping in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about all that footage. That's a good shot, isn't it? Yeah, but I know what you mean. Like, I, I think that's probably just a, a masterclass in what it takes to climb in the Frankenura hard. Yeah, he just looks, he's got black wristbands on and a black yeah, yeah. beard and a bald <laughs> head. I'm like, man, I wonder if I could pull this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he got black <laughs> pants with um red, yellow, and green stripes down it as well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so yeah, fun. No, it's good. <laughs> So when are you going back? Are you are you planning to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do everything in my powers to go back next year. Like I have a, a bit more of um time and space to train, and I actually have a good training space now in the shed. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just yeah, basically I need to reignite that kind of sense of oh no, I can I can get over there, and I have done that. I have to remind myself of where I was at back then. And, uh, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually been pretty tough to do since 2020 and all yeah. of the, you know, lockdowns. Yeah, yeah. It's been hard to re-motivate and get back into that mindset. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, it's a funny thing. And last trip, it was like, dang, like crossing, crossing the other side of the world for one route only, again, you just you put in this massive effort. Oh, you don't come away with the prize. Hmm. Yeah. I have to try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. That that sort of pressure is one of the best things about traveling for hard climbs, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a mind bender sometimes when I think about it. It's like, oh no, I have to go back. I have to remember that that was a component which which was a surprise for me last trip of ah, oh, I have to I have to keep my head in check. I have to make sure all these other ducks are lined up. And things like that yeah yeah that's one of the things i really appreciate when i'm reading the stories of these these climbers especially for the sport climbers from the early 90s was like they would do the hardest things at their home but then they would also travel all around the world and do the hardest things everywhere yeah yeah like wolfie and punks like that's the other side of the world hey far out yeah yeah that's amazing to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is i i think you know 
I am going to be rooting for you. Everybody <laughs> listening is certainly going to be rooting for you. Except the English. <laughs> love, except for the English. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to be like, fuck that guy. I've got a soft spot for, for great. <laughs> they love me. <laughs> just taking the piss, man. <laughs> well, man, I I know that uh, the, in our first chat, you said... It's not an obsession. <laughs> myth but, busted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Myth 100% busted. But but I love how obsessed you are with it and how mm. excited you get about it and and all the other history. Um thanks for like taking the time and being oh, pleasure. excited. Yeah, yeah, no worries likewise. I I, I was I was um thinking, oh, I wonder if he wants to talk about it again. And then you sent me a message. What about a deep dive into the secrets? I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> no one oh, else wants to that. talk about it with me. <laughs> They've all heard you talk about it. Yeah, enough. I know. That's it. Ben keeps going <laughs> fucking on. Bloody hell. <laughs> no, it's good. It's on site. Yeah. One, two. All right, Written in Stone is produced by me, Chris Hampton, with help from Riley Rush and Emily Holland for Plug Tone Audio, a group of the best, most impactful podcasts in the outdoor industry. At the link in your show notes, you'll find all the things you expect, including that video of Ben Kasi doing Groove Train, and probably some you don't. And look, this show is 100% rooted in the facts, but like Todd Skinner always said, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. If you love what you're hearing, give us those five stars and a glowing review and tell everyone you know at the crag, at the gym, follow the pod on your friends' phones and share it all over your social medias. And together, we can tell the stories of climbing's most important ascents one decade at a time. Stoners, we're back. I told you it was going to be nerdy. It was extra, extra nerdy. But you know what? I was floored by the number of messages that I got after the Action Direct story from people asking me to go into the sequence more. I was like, what? That's exactly what we're doing next week. And if any of you who are messaging me are listening now, I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Talking with Ben is a is a pleasure at always, as you can probably tell from the conversation. Uh, another thing I want to say here, I know I, I know I keep saying thank you, but that's because the thing keeps growing and. I make this thing to for for multiple reasons. Number one, uh, I want to educate newer climbers. I want to let them know what the history is in a in a fun and engaging way. And number two, I want to try to get the 
the older climbers, the legends psyched as well. And I got a really nice message from Steve McClure right after the Wolfgang episode. He was really excited about it. And Steve, if you're listening, I cannot even begin to tell you how much I appreciate that and how much it made my entire day to read that first thing in the morning. The fact that the people I'm talking to on this show are getting just as excited about it as I am and as the rest of the listeners are, that warms my cold black little heart. Anyway, you all are getting another episode in just a couple of days with Alex Magos discussing Action Direct and Wolfgang and the Frank and Jura and his love for the place and and what the place has meant to his climbing. It's pretty remarkable, actually. And you can probably hear that my voice is going because this whole house is sick again um, between my toddler at daycare two days a week and my wife working as a counselor at the elementary school. Um, I basically live in a Petri dish. So I'm recording these in between voice losses. Essentially, that's what it's come to. Anyway, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys in a couple of days. Bye.